You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. And welcome back. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. Record numbers of women served in state legislatures last year, including Kansas and Missouri. But women, especially women of color, are still underrepresented in politics at large. Women make up only about a third of elected officials in municipal government and state legislatures. That's something an, an upcoming candidate training school run by the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus is hoping to address. Here to talk about it is Laura Loyakano. She's president of the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus. Laura, good to have you. Welcome. Thanks. Good morning, Steve. We're also joined by two women who have been part of this program. They are Kansas City Mayor Pro Tem Raina Park Shaw. Uh, Councilwoman, good to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. And Kansas State Representative Susan Ruiz, a Democrat from Shawnee. Representative, good to have you too. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Well, Laura, let me start with you. It seems like there's strong momentum for women in office in recent years. I just mentioned that last year, more women than ever served in state legislatures. How's that playing out here in Kansas and Missouri? What are we seeing? Well, we're seeing the same thing in local and municipal government. Um, I'll give you an example. Our organization, Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus, endorsed 21 women for school board, um, mayor, even um, utility board last year, last November in Kansas, and 18 of the 21 wow. of the women we endorsed won. So we're seeing record numbers of women serve on local school boards, serve as mayors um, all across the region. What's the goal of a group like yours? I mean, do you want to see 50% parity with men? Is it to go beyond that? Where, 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 where do we need to be? Well, I could quote Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? It'll be enough when, when all of them, but, but we definitely want um, our elected uh, bodies to reflect the, the citizens that they represent. And mm -hmm. women are more than 50% of the population, and it's just not um, a situation that we agree with or like to have have so few women uh, uh, serving in elected office. So from, from your standpoint, there's still a lot of work to be done here. There's a lot of work to be done, and that's what we're here to do. I assume that fostering that momentum is part of what the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus is all about. Tell me a little bit more about the work that you do there. Sure. We are an affiliate of a National Women's Political Caucus, which has been around for more than 50 years. Mm -hmm. It was formed at um, the national level by a bipartisan group of women, including former Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm and, um, and others to get the ERA passed more than 50 years ago. Kansas City's chapter has been in place for 52 years now, wow. so we're one of the oldest chapters in the country. And our mission is to recruit, train, and elect women to all levels of public office. Why does Kansas City go back so far? What was going on back then that spurred uh, the creation of the Kansas City group? We have a lot of active, have always had historically active women. Um, we've had a lot of elected officials that have been women and just 
really, um, I guess maybe living on the state line, we have two states that we're paying attention to and lots and lots of local government here. As you know, we have more levels of local government than your average city. So it's just made us really involved. And we've had women who have been generous with their time and with their money to um, help women get elected. And so you're holding this candidate training school on January 20th. I'll give out more details about it in just a few minutes. This is um, for the first time back in person since the pandemic. Give us an overview of what's going to happen at this candidate training school. Sure. It's um, from nine to three, and it will be um, held at the Sylvester Powell Center. Anyone who wants, we can give information. Anybody who wants to to look into to coming um, can go to our website to check it out. Right. It'll be from nine to three. We'll have two tracks: one for women who are considering running for office, and we'll do the usual things: how to raise money, how to um, manage volunteers and how to um, talk to people about issues when you're going door to door. And then we'll have a second track aimed at advocates, maybe budding campaign managers and others that want to help and advocate get um, women elected to political office. You know, I assume, uh, Laura, that trainings like this are important because there are lots of folks out there who might have some interest, but actually have absolutely no idea how to go about running a campaign for public office. That's right. And and as as um, my colleagues here will tell you, you have to ask a woman probably four or five times to run. And so what we're trying to do is um, build confidence, build knowledge, build skills, and connect them with women mentors and other elected officials who've been in their same position to see that they can do it, but also to make sure that their eyes are open when they go into running for office, that they understand some of the pitfalls and um, that they're prepared for what it's going to mean. Well, Raina Parkshaw, did your friends have to ask you four or five times to run, or was it was it an easier uh, push for you? Actually, uh, it was uh, probably a couple of times that they they did have to ask me, but uh, definitely, you know, the the call came uh, from an event that I attended, uh, actually a, a training. And uh, the support that I received from the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus was uh, just monumental for me and instrumental. And, and I know I wouldn't be in my position today if it was not for the mentorship uh, and the support that I received from the, the caucus. When you first started thinking about running, did you have any idea how to put together a campaign? I had no clue. <laughs> no clue at all. As a matter of fact. Yeah. Honestly, actually, we we uh, we really leaned on the, the caucus and my campaign manager actually had never run a campaign at all. And so we read books and really called on the on members of the caucus to assist us uh, and guide us through the process. What was the hardest part for you to figure out and navigate to get you your campaign up and running? Uh, the hardest part really is fundraising. Yeah, boy, uh, I was going to say, I could have predicted that answer. Yeah. It, yes. It, it. I was surprised at how much money it costs to run a campaign. And it's difficult to ask people for money. Uh, difficult. I find it difficult. I think many, many candidates do. But uh, definitely, that was the hardest part. You have to get over that, don't you? If you're going to be successful, you got to find a way forward on that asking for money thing. That's true. Yeah. Um, tell me about the fundraising thing. I, how? Why does it cost so much money to to run for office? I think that's a great question. Uh, I actually still haven't figured out why it costs so much money, <laughs> but um, uh, because I know you know there are many aspects of you know 
to knock on doors, you have to have brochures, you have to have flyers. You ha- there's a lot of uh, social media things that you have to do. So you know, there's and you got to hire people to ads. help you. Right? You have to yes, you you have to pay the experts, uh, your campaign manager, your field managers, and depending on how large the campaign is, how large the office is, you know, there's a whole team of people that. Uh, you may have to employ to help you to to win your race. And I mean, so, who knew, right? You didn't right. don't think about those things when you're just thinking about running for office, right? That, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Susan Ruiz, did, did your friends have to yeah. come sort of knock on your door a few times to get you to think about running for the state house? Yes, three <laughs> times. Three times. Three times. What yeah. was your hesitancy? Um, really trying to decide whether I could afford to. To run for office. Meaning uh, giving up your day job? Yeah. Yes, giving up my day job. I'm a clinical social worker, and so I was having to give up that job, you know, because you can't hold that kind of a job and be a state legislator. Uh, For 90 days, you know, we're in Topeka. And Kansas state lawmakers, uh, this might come as a shock to people. You're not exactly getting rich doing that job, are you? No. People think you do, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah, People think that when we raise money that that's going into our pockets. And it's not. It is to uh, pay for the campaign, for all of the functions and the activities that that go go into running a campaign. Um, um, So I had to figure out my finances first to see... Um, I was still had mortgage payments. Uh, my wife, my first wife, had passed away uh, a couple of years before that, and so I was still I had mortgage payments. Hmm. So I had to figure out: Can I between now, which was right before June of 2018, um, and and the start of the legislature, would I be able to pay off the mortgage? And I figured it out, and I realized that I could. Mm-hmm. So I did. I was able to do that uh, at the same time that I was campaigning. Um, and that was, for me, that was the biggest thing. Um, knowing how to run a campaign had no clue, had no yeah. clue. Um, what so- did you find the most confusing part of that whole idea of, of putting up a campaign and getting organized? It's knowing all of the the, the structure itself. You know, knowing that you need a campaign manager. The candidate cannot do that. Mm-hmm. I assume they could in some places, but it's it's hard to do. Um, so you have to have a campaign manager. Because they, there's so many moving parts to absolutely. running a good campaign, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And how did you find a campaign manager? Campaign fan- manager found me. Um, uh, this person realized that I didn't have a, an infrastructure put together yet. Um, and he volunteered to be my campaign manager and has stayed with me all this time. And I'm, I'll be running again. Hmm. Uh, and so um, I I have been blessed with having volunteers. And it's the, been the same team that has been with me since 2018. Which is so crucial, right? Absolutely. That yeah. consistency because we know, we know what we need to do. And not only that, but we've helped to elect two other women on the team into two other wow. um, um, elected offices. Yeah. So you know we we know what it, what it takes uh, for our district, a uh, district that I'm in. Were, were there moments once you got going, when you began to think to yourself, "What in the world have I done? Is there a way to get out of this? This this ship is moving, and I don't know if I still want to be on it." It happens a lot. <laughs> As a matter of fact. And yeah, it happens a lot, right? In the yeah. midst of a 
of a session. We were like, yeah. Why am I doing this? Councilwoman, did you have the same sort of thoughts go through your mind? Like, what am I doing here? Uh, periodically, yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs uh, to in in the whole game of politics. And so, uh, but, you know, you lean on on your resources and you lean on your, your friends, uh, your mentors to kind of help you navigate through. Uh, because, you know, I've, I didn't train to, to be an elected official or to be a politician. Uh, I'm doing this really because I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to to see leave the world different or better than when I came in. And so I didn't have any of the the expertise or training. I'm learning it as we go. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs that we have to navigate through this. But, you know, as as proven by our predecessors that have been successful in this, that it can be done. Well, speaking of predecessors, uh, Laura, you've had some fairly prominent people go through this candidate school. I'm thinking of Congresswoman Sharice Davids, for one. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's right. She went in with Susan's class, as a matter of fact. And yeah. That was the first training that she took, was she showed up to the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus training and said, I'm thinking about running for office, right, Susan? Hey, how many women t typically sign up to go through this school? We're, hope we're probably going to have around 30. We about are 30, um, yeah. hope there's still room to, to sign up, so um, hopefully women who are listening who might be interested. Again, it's important to have campaign managers and volunteers as well. But over the over the last 50 years, we've literally trained thousands and elected thousands of women to office um, in our organization. And I should point out that this campaign school by the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus is going to start at 9 a.m. on Saturday, January 20th. Again, the Sylvester Power Powell Community Center over in Mission. More information and a link to the application is on the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus website, right? Right. And I also yeah. want to mention that it's underwritten by the Women in Politics Foundation. So thanks to a generous support, um, Raina actually serves on that board of the WIP Foundation. We're able to do this free of charge. We'll be right back. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute. How basic, how fundamental does this training get uh, This uh, coming up on the 20th of January? We have... Um we have real basics, you know, for we've we've asked people as they've applied how much information they have, how much experience they have, but we get into it pretty quickly. For example, one of the things we'll have is a vocal coach who will help people come up with an elevator pitch of how, you know, quickly they can say what it is, why they're running for office. And that means like, what, two, three sentences, That's right? right? We're talking That's real right. quick. When That's you meet right. somebody on the street, here's my pitch. That's right. But mm. we're also going to have the um, event stocked with current elected officials and women who can um, form relationships with the people enrolled in the school. Mentors. And mentors, right. And we talked about women of color, which I think is particularly important with this group. It's important to, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And so we're paying close attention to making sure that younger women um, 
people who are new to the process and women of color make sure that they get the support that we need and that our organization understands what it is that we can need and how we can be more responsive as an organization. What kind of progress are you seeing on that front you just talked about, more women of color running for office? Well, I'm going to defer that to Susan and Raina to talk about. Councilman Parkshaw, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, so we're actually seeing, uh, I'm hearing quite a bit of interest from um, African-American women that are interested in running for office, um, as she she indicated, you know, because because the focus really is is about building the bench, you know, starting, you know, with school boards, um, moving to municipal, onto the state, federal. You know, I think there's a an excellent opportunity. And 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 as a I'm a member of many different women organizations and many of us are focusing on women of color because we know that women of color, uh, you know, once they show their loyalty, they are the strongest uh, voting block. Once they mm. are kind of bought in, they uh, get out and, and really are the face of the of the black community for black women they are leading their households and so we want to make sure that we are intentional about trying to engage african american women specifically the organizations that I'm a part of um Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, uh, the Greater Kansas City Chapter of the Lynx. Uh, we are we have initiatives. Even all of the Black Greek organizations are focusing on bringing uh, African American women into um, you know not just elected office, but supporting mm-hmm. uh, the political process, making sure we're engaging voters as well, because we know that that's uh, uh, there's a great opportunity that's being missed. Representative Ruiz, why is it so important that more women get into office from your state? Standpoint. What do you what are you seeing as you toil in the trenches of of Topeka uh, year in and year out? It it's it's the whole thing of and Laura just said it perfectly is uh, you can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to steal that by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, mean, meaning what? Yeah. Um, you know when um, when you walk into a room and you don't see faces that you can relate to, um, you, you don't feel like you fit in. And you mm-hmm. have to, you have to make yourself fit in. And it's the same thing with becoming a, an elected official. You have to be in the room and fit in, and and you you have to command that attention. Do you feel like when you go into the state house in Topeka, do you feel like you fit in? I do now. I didn't feel that way the first couple of days of in 2019 when they started mm-hmm. um but it you you um th- i hear from women talking about that imposter kind of syndrome like i really shouldn't be here mm-hmm. you have to own it you have to own your office and and then you grow from that and right. and you're able to 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 step into that role and know what you need to do because I am there not just to represent women, but I'm there to represent the Latino community in Kansas. I'm there to represent my district, you know, which is very diverse in Johnson County. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm there to to represent the LGBTQ community. So there's there's a lot on my shoulders. Hey, how much uh, how supportive are your fellow women in the legislature these days? How often do you guys talk, get together, work through common issues? All the time. All the time. All the time. We're very supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. And being from a, both parties? From both parties. And uh, yeah, absolutely from both parties. Um, and that's one of the things that as women, we're able to try to find compromises. And um, and I think 
I think we're good at that, of, of trying to find the compromises. And you always hear that, that, that yeah. if there's a distinction between men and women public officials. It's just what you said, that women are more more directed, more uh, likely to reach consensus on compromise than maybe men are. I know we're speaking broadly here, yes. but you find that to be true? I do, very mm-hmm. much. Very much find that to be true. Uh, Councilwoman, do you find that to be the case? I, I do, 100%. Well, what, what's, yeah. what's behind that? Explain that to me. Well, I think, um, you know... Ego? I mean, yeah, we're talking well, ego here? What well, are we talking about? you know, I don't want to come yeah. across in a negative manner, but I do think that women, you know, there's so much... Uh, when you think about how women oversee, women live their lives, women are managing the households, you know, that we look at things different. Women have, women, uh, have a different perspective that I think, unfortunately, in in the land of politics has, has long been, uh, has not been in place. And so, you know, I can just say from the experience, my experience on the city council, I know that uh, there are, especially on this particular council, we, with the women that we have, we are working, uh, collaborating, um, establishing things that maybe hadn't been done in the past. And so, uh, not to it's say really that our, our ma- isn't it? it's very important. I think it is very important as you, especially as the issue, the issues that we're having to deal with today, as we are wanting to navigate through and move our city or our state, you know, forward, you have to be able to compromise. And yeah. so I think that's a perspective that women bring to the table that, that, uh, isn't always evident there. You know, Laura, I, I go back a ways with your caucus in terms of covering some of the work that you guys have done for so many years based on my work at the Star for so many years. I remember covering Pat Schroeder, the congresswoman from Colorado who came to speak many years ago. And one of her points was just her concern about the inability of women to match the fundraising efforts of men. And I think even today, there's still a disparity there. How do you begin to address that in this training coming up on That's the 20th? That's absolutely true. I mean, one, one of our founders, in addition to Pat Schroeder, I'll say one of our, our founders, Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm, yeah. used to say, if you don't have a seat at the table, bring a folding chair, you know, make room. <laughs> and um, we love that. And that's one of our mottos. I think that is absolutely true. I think women think it's probably ridiculous that it is so expensive to run for office. That's a big turnoff. I've known lots of women who said, I am not doing that. I'm not raising $100,000 to run for school board or yeah. whatever. And so we have to get over that. But we have how how do you get over that? I mean, how do you convince women to get over our, that? You know, our training will help you be able to ask for money. So one of the things is, you know, having a having call time, having a campaign volunteer, which hopefully will be training campaign volunteers. And most candidates, candidates absolutely hate call they time. Hate call time. Yeah. But it, you, you have to do it. There. The other thing is, we'll maybe we'll be able to change politics, make it not be so expensive, empower more women to run, empower more volunteers to realize they need to get involved in and help our elected officials because it is too expensive and it prices too many people out. We could speculate, you know, men, are men better at asking for money? Are, um, are women of color at a disadvantage because they're not in circles where their friends yeah. and golfing associates and, and business partners at the law firm might have access to, to cash? Maybe. So we're going to do our best to, to help and to empower people and to open up circles and mentorship for, for all kinds of women. Representative Ruiz, how tough is it for you to ask for money these days? It's, Has it gotten easier? No. No, <laughs> it hasn't. It Not really the least. hasn't. Yeah, it hasn't. And um, yeah, it's it's a big hurdle for women. Mm-hmm. Even today. Even today. Yeah. yeah. And it's it. And I think it's because we, I think as women, we're like, 
what? Why is this so expensive? Which I just don't understand why it's so expensive. And That's what Raina was saying a little yeah, bit ago. It's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. What uh, Mayor Pro Tem Park Shaw? I wanted to ask you about this idea of vocal coaching, uh, which may not be super obvious if you're not involved with politics. How important is something like that as as you go through this process? It is very important. Um, you know, to especially for an individual who doesn't have that experience, it's important to be able to be clear concise right. uh, and to get to the point uh, because many times you you know you don't have but a few seconds to make an impression on someone and so uh, that is actually it's funny this morning I, I made sure I registered to attend the training myself even though I'm an elected official official now I know that there are things that I will learn from this training so I signed up again to make sure that I can t- uh, sit in on the class and, and, and maybe learn you can something. be a mentor for folks now at, the, at this definitely, point in your career. definitely Definitely willing yeah. to be a mentor, but I'm still learning as yeah. well. Well, that's Kansas City Mayor Pro Tem Raina Park Shaw. We are also joined by State Representative from Kansas, Susan Ruiz, and Laura Lyakano, a president of the Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus. That training again, 9 o'clock in the morning, Saturday, January 20th, over at the Sylvester Powell Center in Mission. More information on the caucus's website. Thank you all for coming in today. Good luck with the training. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Elizabeth Erb. Paul Nakatura is our announcer and engineer. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.